0: Does everybody have their uh, communion cups? If you don't, just lift your hand and someone will get it to you. There's a little uh, cellophane top on here if you're new to this, but go ahead and peel it off and uh, hold on to that bread. A few years ago, the Lord dropped it in my heart to study communion. He wanted to show me some things in here that I wasn't used to about it. To me, it was nothing more than something that we did together, which is amazing, you know, once a month. And I want to read from you 1 Corinthians 11:23 23, in the Message Bible, which I really think expresses what the Lord was showing me. Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master himself. Remember, Paul wasn't there and passed it on to you. The master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, he took bread, having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you. Listen to this. Do this to remember me. Now what's interesting about this statement is his body had not yet been broken. Think about that for a second. Yet here he is, he's saying it and they don't understand what he's saying, but in a few moments, they're gonna witness with their own eyes our Lord's body being broken open right in front of them. Imagine how seared that was in their minds from that day forward. I guarantee you, they'd never forget. They probably had trouble sleeping for a while because of what they saw. The one that they loved was broken. So I believe that when the Lord said, do this to remember me, it wasn't so much for them as it was for us. We are to remember that his body was broken for us, not just once a month, but every day. Thinking about, Lord, I remember. Now, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is this, there is power in remembering. There's a reason why Jesus said, Do this to remember, this is my body broken for you. So right now, guys, take the bread. And let's remember. Think about something that you're going through. Think about something that you're dealing with in your physical body. And Lord, we remember your body was broken so that ours can be put together again. Think about it and let's receive it together. And in the same way, this cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this, remember me. Lord, we are so grateful for the covenant that you made with us in blood, that we're able to stay, stand here today in freedom and worship you. Not only as a community, but also personally, Lord, We receive all that you accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the Lord needs a hand clap, guys. Thank you, Lord.
1: Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Turn around, give somebody a fist bump. Tell somebody it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Greet someone. The ushers will be coming up and you can uh, turn in your communion things to the end of the aisle amen amen happy fourth of july weekend amen praise the lord usually the sun, lowest sunday in the month as far as attendance uh hello where is everybody today amen but we're glad that you are here today and we're thankful Uh, We're gonna continue our series about living out our life dreams. How do we live out our life dreams? And today I'm gonna be preaching about sometimes in life it seems like we have a step back before we can step forward. How many know what I'm talking about? How many feel like sometimes it's like you go back two steps and then you go up one and then you're back three and then back up one? So today uh, we're gonna talk about setback or step forward. You know, the definition of a setback is an interruption of our progress. When we're interrupted in our progress that we're wanting to go. So we're gonna talk about how we can face — how can we face setbacks? How can we deal with that while we're going after our dreams? Well first of all, we need to realize that we need to expect discomfort. You know, like playing a new instrument or learning a new sport, or or it takes practice to learn to do something new. So a setback might be because it's something new. It takes an attitude of faith to keep it positive, keep your eye on that prize. It takes watching and learning, gaining from every experience. You know, it takes being responsible and taking responsibility for decisions, because maybe it was a decision that there was a setback or an action. You know, setbacks are a time we can accept constructive criticism or maybe a time to look and take an inventory. Maybe it's a time that we learn to live in uncertainty. How many know we've had to do that, but not let uncertainty rule our heart and our mind? Uh, It's being comfortable in our discomfort. You know, there's a rest and a comfortableness even when we're learning that we, we have a lot of discomfort. It's asking questions. It's leaning into each other. How we can face these setbacks while we're pursuing our dream. You know, life has many interruptions, you might say. One thing after another. One thing after another. Maybe that large unexpected ex- expense or that blow-up fight with somebody that you had known for a long time. Or maybe it's funds for school. A fight in a relationship. You know, I really feel, I think millennials get it. hard rap sometime but personally i feel sorry a little bit for millennials if you're millennial today man my heart of compassion goes out to you speaking about setbacks first we had the 2008 one of the biggest recessions that we ever had and then we went right into covid 19 and then these millennials had little or no financial buffer to weather those times where some of us that are older, we got some finances, we got some things, we got some experience where we can weather this, but millennials, they were just thrown into that, thrown into that. Think about the sizable job loss and job opportunity before that time. So even being a millennial and starting out, it seemed like there was so much setback. You know, I know for me, some of my biggest causes of setbacks were lack of knowledge, Maybe lack of skills, lack of experience on what I was pursuing. Maybe it was a lack of motivation or sometimes not taking that time or lack of support. And I have to say sometimes maybe a lack of effort on my part. But I want to just say, how can we take setbacks? How can we take setbacks and turn them into where we're really taking a step towards our dream? I wrote this sentence out, setbacks, I was thinking about setbacks, and I put setbacks allow us to return to our original state of motivation and hard work that led us to the success in the first place. But only if we're strong enough to not let them destroy our confidence. And if we can be honest with ourselves about why they might have happened in the first place. Why might that setback have happened? Where was it possibly that I got off? You know, they allow us to teach us what's off, what's off. What's often they teach us to adjust and pursue and make those adjustments as they go? They teach us to focus, listen to this, on setbacks, teach us to focus on what we can't control. How many know sometimes it's out of our control and it's a time to trust God that He is in control? Setbacks are a time they teach us to have faith and to act our, on our faith. They teach us to lean into God and others, into God's grace, comfort, and, ex- and encouragement. But I just want to look at how do we take that setback and let's move into a new land, because we're talking about Abraham and moving into our life dream. How do we take that setback and turn it into a step forward? You know, Abraham's been our example uh, in this series, Living Our Life Dream. You know, when we think about Abraham, we admire his faith, how he just stopped out. He heard from God, heard what God wanted him to do, and he just stepped out. And he went for it with a passion he was he, he left everything for this life dream he went for it we see that he was led of God and he trusted God and he just went I was thinking about that a couple weeks and I'm like well that's all good and needed but today I want us to look at even when he went after his dreams we're going to look at three setbacks that Abraham had And I think when we look at the three setbacks or the three challenges we had, I think we're going to be able to identify with him. But he had three major setbacks, and I want to look at how — I want us to identify with his setback, and then I want to look at how we can maybe move through our setback. Here's his setback number one. Setback number one. If you have your app, if you have your phones, you can download Church on the Rock Huntley. Download Church on the Rock Huntley on your app. And then down at the bottom, you can go to notes if you want to see scriptures and if you want to fill things in. His setback number one is, have you ever done something that just wasn't God's way? It just wasn't a good decision. You're like, ah, you had like a period of insanity. Or a moment of insanity and you're like racking your mind why did i do that you ever done something that that and you know that it wasn't god and you know that it wasn't god way how many say that we've done that if you're out there amen abraham he did this in genesis 20 verse 1 and 2 it says this while he was going after his dream he was living as a foreigner while he was living as a foreigner he was going after his dream Abraham, listen to this, he introduced his wife Sarah by saying, She is my sister. So the king, so King Abimelech of Gerur, he sent for Sarah and he brought her into his bedroom or into his dwelling place, his bed. Brought him into that place, brought him in at his palace. And I'm thinking, how could you do that? How many men could like say, Here, here's my wife, this is my sister. But I'm in a period of insanity while I'm going after God's dream and uh, it's not my wife, but I'm so afraid that you're gonna destroy me or be intimidated by me or take what I have. I'm just gonna say she's my sister. And you can just take her into your bedchamber and you can just take her into your, your, your circle of women and you can just have my wife. How many say that that is a period of insanity? Anybody out there? How many would agree that's crazy? what was this guy thinking? How can you be so stupid in your mind? What was we thinking? But you know what? How many times do we have periods of insanity? We look at Abraham, we're like, that was the dumbest thing I ever heard of in my life. What about you? What is the dumbest thing you ever heard in your life that you have done that's caused a setback? Maybe it was friends. Maybe it was a purchase of a car or a house, and you're like, oh, that was an impulsive purchase, and now you're like paying it off the next 15, 30 years. What, what was it? Was it friends, that, bad friends, bad people that was around you? Was it choosing a bad job and then having to, what, what was it? You know, maybe it's lied about something. You know, lying to your parents? lying to your spouse. Anybody ever get into that hole where you start a life of lying? A start, you, you lie to your parents, you lie to your friends, you lie to your spouse, you lie at work. And, and, and the thing about lying is it starts compounding. It starts compounding. You tell this one lie, it's, it, it's silly to get in that it's it creates a setback you tell this one lie And then you have to tell another lie to cover up the lie You just told and then you have to tell another lie for the lie that you told to this person and that person And then you got to remember what you told this person this person and this person because they are starting to come back to you With questions and coming back to you with things and the next thing you know is that period of insanity? That period of not walking in God's integrity and doing what God's best is for us, now we have a compound problem that happens with that. Maybe it's drinking too much. Maybe it's drinking too much. Maybe it's having a little bit too much to where your thoughts, your words, and your actions, you begin to get a little bit impaired, begin to say some things. You, You drive home and you're like, I don't even remember driving home. I don't even remember how I got here. All I know is I was at point A, and now I'm home. How did I get there? Stupid. Periods of insanity. Things happen. Wake up with somebody that you don't even know. Trying to remember what you said to somebody while you were in that place. And those things cause setbacks. They're setbacks. And here's something. What about talking about someone? Talking about someone. You know, I have periods of insanity, especially when I was younger, where I would talk to somebody. And then you get this old, well, I'm your best friend. I won't tell anything in the world. I'm a vault. And so you tell this person. And then the next time go around, here it comes around, and this person told everybody what you said, and it compounds the problem. But brothers and sisters, how many times do we do things that just isn't God and it's just not God's way, these things are what I'm talking about that causes setbacks in our life. You know with setbacks, to me, with the setbacks that I've had and even some of those examples and stuff, to me with setbacks, sometimes you get a get out of jail free card. How many's had a get out of jail free? Where you did something really, really stupid, really, really dumb, And you know it wasn't god and you know it wasn't god's plan and you know it could be a tremendous setback but you did it anyway you know sometimes god gives you get out of jail free cards it's like you get by with it because really he's hoping that we'll learn from our experiences and learn from things even as a parent i like to try to talk to my kids or when when we were raising up try to reason with them and we wanted to hold back the harder discipline because we wanted them to get it without it being such a big deal god gives us those get out of jail free carts you know there's times i believe there's times that every person in here i believe there's things that we can get into that's insanity and you're really not thinking because if you were really thinking you'd know it's dangerous and you know it's a place that you shouldn't be but you keep flirting with it, and you keep playing with it, and you keep getting around it. And you get some get out of jail freeze. But at some point, our loving God, I believe, brings us to a point where maybe He doesn't give us the get-out-of-jail-free, and sometimes a consequence happens with our action. That we begin to suffer with a decision. We begin to suffer for that choice. Think about Abraham's insanity. You know, um, we get that get out of jail free, but sometimes there's consequences. You know, I remember running from a state highway patrol one time. I remember we was on an interstate and we had hot trucks, souped up trucks, and all of a sudden we saw the cherries come on. And me and my friend, uh, he was driving, he just floors it, boom, we're over 120 mile an hour going down the interstate. Boom, we swing in a dirt road. We're going down the dirt road, and it's just fogging. It's just fogging to where you, 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 you can't even see for miles. And everything's in squares, so you're zigzagging back and forth, and you're causing uh, dust to rise up everywhere. And we went and we put dust everywhere and then parked the truck in a hay barn. And then we waited there for like two hours. And then all of a sudden, we see the highway patrol car going by and we're like, period of insanity, man, period of, period of insanity. And, and I remember one time driving drunk and getting pulled over by this same highway patrolman. And I remember he took me in his car and he said, Brian, your parents raised you better than this. You, you, you know right from wrong. You've got a football scholarship. You're gonna run track. You got things going good in your life. What are you doing? And with my period of insanity, I got a get-out-of-jail-free card twice from this hypo. Same guy. Sometimes you get that get-out-of-jail-free, but sometimes if we continue on that pathway, there's going to be consequences. Anybody out there? There's going to be consequences. There's going to be consequences. You know, I believe exposure is like God's last straw in dealing with us. If you think God likes to expose you or likes to discipline you or he gets a big kick out of knocking your ears down, my dad just knocked our ears down, uh, he doesn't get a kick out of that. You know, it was years back, I had, a, I had a dream at four o'clock in the morning, and in this dream there was this curtain, and I could see behind the curtain I saw a face of a person in our, in, in our church at that time. And the Lord showed me that behind that curtain, something really bad was going on. But I didn't know what it was. It was four o'clock in the morning and it moved me so much that I got on the telephone and I said, hey, thus and so, God put you on this heart. I'm having a dream about you. I know it's not good, but I can't see through the curtain. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, man. What'd you wake me up at four o'clock? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Months Months went by. Months went by. And again, I had this same dream. And this time it wasn't a curtain that you couldn't see through. This time it was a clear, like those drapes that you have, where you can kind of see through them, but yet you can't see through it. And this time I could see through a little bit and I could see what was going on and it wasn't God what was happening. But I couldn't really see, I couldn't pinpoint who and what and where and what was happening, because I still couldn't quite see. Again, I call on the phone. I say, thus and so, I had a dream. God woke me up out of a dream. And I, I feel like something's happening that, that you need to come clean. Talk to me. Talk to me. I, I'm reaching out to you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to maybe save you from something. Oh, no, man. It's all good. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You, to me, tacos or pizza last night. I don't know what you're talking about. And even that first time, I thought, well, I just missed it. This time, I was like, well, maybe I missed it, but I don't think I missed it. A few more months went went by, and I had another dream. And they always happen at 4 o'clock in the morning for some reason. Same situation, but this time there was nothing. There was no dark curtain. There was not a curtain you could see through. But I could see what, where, when, who, all of it. Pulled this person aside, and I said, what? I mean, it should have freaked their mind out, because it was pinpoint, dead on, still no repentance, no change, in insanity and having a way out. How many times, guys, does God give us that way out, and we don't take it? You know, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, there's no temptation that's not, co- that's not common unto all men. But it says, but in that time of temptation, God makes a way of escape. Brothers and sisters, he makes a way out. I really feel like, I, 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 th- to begin with, the Lord changed this whole sermon the day, today to where if, if there's anything working right, it's because we got an amazing tech team that this isn't what I was gonna do today. It's telling me that I I believe there's people in the house that you're on the verge of some insanity. You're on the verge of something. I believe God brought people here today that maybe you can hear a preacher up here saying, you ever done something crazy that you know wasn't God and you know God's not in it, but you're, you're just still doing it anyway? Can we stop it? Can we stop someone today? Can we stop some action from happening? Have you been getting a get-out-of-jail-free? Have you get, been getting a buy when you should have been a cot? Have you been getting a second and a third chance and, 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 and it kind of shakes you up and makes you fearful and, and you're like, whoo, man, I gotta straighten up because, you know, I barely came through this last one. And then you straighten up for a while and then you get back to that cycle of flirting with your future flirting with your dreams, flirting with what God has for you. And my friend, the consequences. If you're living a life without consequence right now, maybe you're that person that I can't see through yet. And it gets a little bit more. But man, I just feel like I'm supposed to blow a horn today. I'm supposed to blow a horn today that some of you are flirting around. You're flirting around with things. You're getting too close to the tree. You know, if, if, if Adam and Eve, I don't think it was, hey, we're walking, through the ju- we're walking through the jungle. We're enjoying some of the fruit. We're playing with the animals. We're enjoying setting in the sun. It, I don't think it was one day where they were like, Oh, there's the tree of knowledge of good and no evil. Why don't we just go over there and eat it? I don't believe it was like that. I believe they kept flirting around with it. They got a little bit further. A little bit further into it. You stay around the edge and you playing it safe and you keep pushing that edge just a little bit further. Just a little bit further. Just a little bit further. I speak by the spirit of the Lord that I believe people within the sound of my voice are watching on TV. You're flirting with the edge and you're pushing things a little bit too far. You're getting to get out of jail. You're getting to get out of jail free right now. You're getting some passes. God doesn't want to expose you. God doesn't want to send you through that path of suffering. He doesn't want to send you through that path of, 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 of learning the hard way. He would like to prevent it. Are you all with me today? I I think about a good friend I have. I I don't try to be heavy today, but yet if I have a word on the Lord that can save someone, I'll stop everything and say that word. Don't flirt with it. I believe, I believe that that, that they played around with it and then all of a sudden they got close to it, smell it, touch it. Oh boy, doesn't that look good. Gotta have it. Gotta have it got to have it at that moment everything up to that point was so amazing it was so amazing walked with God in the cool of the day had it made now they were ashamed full of guilt full of fear feeling exposed man I never I never noticed we didn't have any clothes on I never I never was, expo- Adam and Eve were like, we never were as exposed. Why are we noticing it? Man, I feel like I need to put something on. They grabbed some fig leaves and throw th- threw the fig leaves on. Man, I just feel uncovered. I've, I've, man, something's right. The harmony that was in the garden seems to be off. Man, Eve, the harmony between you and I seems to be off. Man, what's up? What's up? Do you know when you're into things, when you get in, you can be into something that is clear off the subject of your friends and clear, doesn't have anything to do with your wife or your spouse or your people at work. But when you get out of harmony with God, the Bible says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, first it says, God is light. God is light, light. In him is no darkness at all. In Him's no darkness at all. If we fellowship in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And that means fellowship with God, and it also means fellowship with one another, each other. When we're walking in the light, or we're walking in God, and we're walking in harmony with God, walking in the light, there's a complete fellowship with Him, and there's fellowship with others, and there's just an in-syncness in life. But when you get out of walking in the light, and you get into periods of insanity or walking in places of darkness, guys, it throws off the, what's the word I'm looking for? It throws off the whole, just like the earth rotates and spins, and it it throws off the everything. Anybody give me a good word for that? Huh? Balance of life, Uh, rhythm of life alignment of life and what i was getting ready to say is it could be something that's not even involved but all this it it doesn't even seem like it is anything between me and carmen but it affects every area it affects your work it affects your relationship it affects your kids it affects your relationship with your children you know we get running and gunning through the summer having fun and I think maybe we blow out the edges a little bit because winters are long. Don't blow your edges out too far, guys. Don't get too happy go lucky and too, well, I'm going to have fun. I don't need to go to church. I'm having fun. My reading the word, my prayer time, and my meditating. I don't feel good from yesterday start backing that off man i want to go and go and go and me and carmen are i think are real good about that with our church where we say hey guys winters are hard we understand going we understand vacationing we understand going and we want people to go but man if you're going don't leave god if you're going what you're doing i mean I, I just really feel this, 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 this message today. Um, that, um, but anyway, when Adam and Eve did that, it, it broke up that harmony, that rhythm of life. They noticed they were naked. God was still there. Do you know he went to the same spot that he met him every day? He was still there, so it's not like God's going to run out on you. How many know God's not going to run out on you? God's not going to run out on you. He was there. They're the ones that felt insecure or awkward, guilty. Think about that. The first time that guilt and shame, that's the first time those emotions. What is that? What is that? What is that feeling? I know I don't like it. Condemnation. I feel, what is that Eve? Are you feeling that? Yeah, Adam, never felt that emotion. I've never felt condemnation. I've never felt fear. I've never felt shame or guilt. But guys, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we get out in the dark, those emotions are things that are like trigger lights to get us to think about what we're doing and where we're going and, and what we're we're doing but in that always know that God is always there so with Abraham's crazy mistake his crazy mistake what happened what happened in that well long story short is um, man I just read that again this is all new this morning but long story short is did God tell the king in a dream, or did he just find out that I was Abraham's wife? Help me out. Did anybody know that story? Psalm together or something. But anyway, that guy didn't go ahead and take Abraham's wife. That king was like, Why didn't you tell me this is your wife? Why'd you tell me I'm your sister? We're God fearing, we're a God fearing city. And if that would have happened, it could have brought God's judgment on this. Why didn't you say it? So bottom line is God rescued him from a period of insanity. And what I want to tell you today is God rescues through periods of insanity. Um, step Step back number two was laughing in disbelief. Laughing. Another thing that Abraham and Sarah had is they got in a hole of unbelief. Everybody remember Sodom and Gomorrah? It at Sodom and Gomorrah, some angels went to Abraham's house. And they said, hey, I want you to remember that you and, you and Sarah are going to have a child, and this is your life dream, and you're going to be the father of many nations. Well Sarah was up in years now to where she couldn't have kids, and Abraham was up in years and he knew that he wasn't able to have kids. But Sarah heard these angels saying, the promise is still going to happen. The promise that God gave you is still going to happen. And off in the side room, the Bible says that Sarah was in the side room, so she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, he's also old and can't? And then the Lord said to Amber, "Why'd, why'd Sarah laugh? Why'd Sarah laugh? Why'd she say, can an old woman like me, why'd she say all that? And then the angel said, went to Sarah and said, Sarah, why are you afraid? Why did you say that? Why did you laugh? The angel asked that. Why did you laugh? Sarah said, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. And then even with Abraham a little bit later in Genesis 17 or a little bit earlier, then Abraham bowed to the ground. But he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at 100 years old, he thought. How can Sarah have a baby? So we see that Abraham and Sarah both had a period of insanity of unbelief. And I want to ask you, what is the dream that God gave you? What's the promise that he gave you? Has it seemed to tarry for such a time that now it's turned into a setback where you're almost like... yeah, right. There's no way God's going to do that. There's no way this can happen. There's no way my life can be, there's no way my career can be that way. There's no way that I'm going to have a a marriage or have children. There's no way. And we begin to laugh in unbelief at our situations. So when we're at that place, we got to take, if we're going to have a setback with that, The step forward is this. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So whatever your life dream is, it seems like it's set back right now to where you're like, it ain't going. There is no way. There's no way. There's no way with my marriage. There's no way with my kids. There's no way they're going to come to the Lord. Hey, don't laugh. But hold on to the scripture and take a step forward and say, with God, it's impossible. My faith is going to be the substance of what I'm hoping for. It's going to be the evidence of what I don't see. The faith that I have, it's going to please God because the word says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Don't give up on your dream. Don't laugh at it and say, there's no way. The Bible says, therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have them and you shall have them. I wanted to encourage you that second one, when you feel like laughing at your dream, when it seems like the mountain is too high and the valley is way too wide, I want us to be like Habakkuk's chapter 3 that says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, although there be no fruit on the vines, uh, although the olive tree isn't casting in, in any yield, although there's no cattle, there's no pigs, there's no cattle in the stalls, it says, yet I will praise Him. I will praise Him. He will make my, high, my feet like hinds' feet. I'm going to grow a pair of hooves, and I'm going to climb my mountain. I'm going to cross my valley. Brothers and sisters, I felt Lord Lord say today don't give up on your dreams don't give up on your dreams turn a setback into a step forward setback number three is a sinful mistake a decision of the flesh the bible says they got impatient and they made an ishmael the bible says now sarah abraham's wife had not been able to bear children for him but she had an egyptian servant named hagar getting ready for a really good decision again so sarah said to abraham sarah said to abraham you know the lord's preventing me from having children i got this idea not a god idea i got this idea go and sleep with my servant what perhaps i can have a child through her abraham typical male said well i can agree with that i'll go sleep with your servant Perhaps I can have a child through her. And Abraham agreed to Sarah's proposal. So Abraham, Abraham's wife took Sarah, the Egyptian servant, gave her to Abraham as a wife. So Abraham had sexual relationships with Hagar, and she became pregnant and gave birth to an Ishmael. How many has ever made an Ishmael? How many has ever... I'm not talking about physically, but how many times have you gotten ahead of God. How many times has the Lord said, don't talk to your wife about that right now. Don't do that action right now, but you get impatient and we force it. How many has ever forced the peg, a a circle peg into a square hole? How many don't we, sometimes we don't listen and we get impatient and we do something that just messes up. The whole area in which you're trying to move forward in, whether it's relationship, whether it's business, whether it's a ministry that God's calling you to, anybody out there today, we, we, we make that product of the flesh, of the flesh. Not a good move, not a God move. You're talking about a mistake. What was he thinking? What were they thinking? Did they think God would actually be okay with that? Abraham, get this, guys, Abraham even tried to convince God a little bit later. He's like, God, can't this promise be through Hagar and Ishmael? Can't it be this way, God? And God's like, no, no. Oh, but God, Hagar, we had this Ishmael. Can't you just make this nation and do this promise through them, God? No. I said through Sarah. I said through Sarah. What is it that, what product of our flesh do we get impatient where we force something or we move into something that hasn't worked out real well? Anybody there? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. For them, I, I just want to call it what it is. For them, it was a sinful mistake. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to t- to. to talk about a sinful mistake. Guys, when we make sinful mistakes, we all do. Anybody out there say amen? When we make sinful mistakes, when you see what you've done, always know that you can run to the Father for forgiveness and cleansing. Always know that. Always know there's forgiveness Remember in the Old Testament, they they did bulls and lambs and goats and turtle doves and all this stuff for forgiveness of sin. We have the Lamb of God. And and when they did that, they had to do it year after year. It could never take away sin. It could never cleanse for sin. It could never take away sin. They had to do it year after year. So you always had to bring up the memory of the sin. Anybody out there? But with Jesus... The Bible says this Lamb of God, He paid for sin once and for all. And when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to not only forgive us, but to cleanse us. And the Bible says that He purges our conscience from evil. Even the memories of your past, even the the going over of the pictures and and, and the remembrance of, of the mistakes Jesus' blood can not only forgive you, it can take away consciousness of your past. It can, it can eliminate and take away memories. You don't have to live with a sinful or an evil or, or a sad conscience all the time because Christ's blood can purge that. The other thing is, I always see the rainbow. Just uh, that big rain we had last week when I was driving home, there's this beautiful rainbow rainbows always signify the covenant of God with people and so anytime I see a rainbow I always pause and I think about his covenant with me we know everybody knows the covenant with God and Noah but did you know about the covenant in Isaiah 54 where it talks about a rainbow in Isaiah 54 it said God says hey there's not always going to be this strife between us there's not only go, always going to be this separation from us, from us being together. Isaiah chapter 53, right before 54, is where the prophecy of Jesus coming, and that he'd be the salvation for all people. Well, it goes right into 54 where he says, hey, I'm sending Jesus. I'm sending a mediator. We're going to get back together. We're going to have fellowship and relationship again. He said, He said, and it's going to get to a place where there's not going to be intimacy between us anymore, and I'm not going to have to judge sin anymore on people, but my judgment's going to go on Christ the Lamb, and I'm not going to be angry with you anymore. That's what the Word says. And then it says, just as Noah had a rainbow remembering the covenant, When you see a remember, when you see a covenant, Isaiah 54 says, remember that I'm not angry, that your sins have been forgiven, and I'm not angry with you anymore. Isn't that a wonderful thing when we see a rainbow? Even, even, even in Revelations, even in Revelations when it talks about the throne of grace, if you could imagine, if you could imagine like this being the throne The way Revelations describes the throne of grace and the rainbow is there's a circle like this, and a circle like this, and a circle. It's just a fear of circles. And I got a picture of that today when I was thinking about God's grace and His love for us It's in the rainbow. Well, the throne of grace that the Bible says we can come boldly to that throne of grace and receive mercy and help in that time of need, it's actually like a sphere that you actually get inside of it. And there's rainbows all around you. You're inside it. You're in Christ. You're in covenant with God. Guys, there's always forgiveness. There's always forgiveness as the praise team's coming. There's always forgiveness. There's always peace. Guys, listen to this scripture as the team's coming. This is in Romans 5, but I say this one to myself all the time it says therefore therefore being justified by faith we are now at peace with god justified means just as if you never did it therefore being justified by faith we are now at peace with god listen to this through our lord jesus christ and it says wherein we stand so justification and forgiveness and with with the lord and that that justification and that peace that we have that just as if we had never done it and then it says that we have access into the throne of grace wherein we stand and then it says we glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation worketh experience and experience works patience and listen to this, and patience works hope. And we have hope because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So I just want to tell you, when you come back to God, when you have periods of insanity, tell yourself and tell the devil, I'm justified by faith. Hey, let me ask you do we Do we act to be righteous do we work to be righteous or do we believe to be righteous anybody out there how many think it's belief we believe unto righteousness Abraham believed God and it was accounted or put into his account God's righteousness when we believe God for forgiveness and healing and cleanliness He takes all of our sins and he puts them accounted. He puts those in Jesus' account. And Jesus takes his righteousness and puts it in your account to where you can say, I am righteous. Anybody out there? I say this scripture all the time. I'm going to say it because I feel the spirit in the moments here. The Bible says that I know and I believe. Look at me the love that God has for me. It says, God is love. He that dwells in love, think of dwelling like this. Dwell, I'm dwelling, I'm thinking. He that dwells, God is love, I know that. I know God is love, but do I believe his love for me? I'm dwelling, yeah, I do believe it. God's love for me. He that dwelleth in love abideth in God and God in him. And then it says, herein we are made perfect. Herein what? Dwelling on God's love. Dwelling on God's forgiveness. Abiding in the light. Herein is our love made perfect. Listen, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so am I. Brothers and sisters, when you're forgiven for your sins and when you're cleansed for your sin, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who know God's love, they believe God's love, they dwell in God's love, they abide in His love, they're convinced of His love. When you get that, when you get a hold of that revelation, then you will have boldness on the day of judgment. What do you mean the day of judgment? When your mind's condemning you, you're a piece of junk, you're a trash. If anybody knew it, you really were. That condemning voice in your head, it's never gonna be enough. It's never gonna be good enough, whatever that is. When you abide in God's love, and get a revelation of how much He loves you, and you believe it, and you dwell on it, and you live in it, and you think about it, there's a, bold, there's a boldness in that day where you're judging yourself, and the enemy's judging you, or others are judging you, to where you can stand up and say, As He is, so am I. He is set free, He is clean, He is holy. He is accepted. He is sanctified. Think what Jesus is. Whatever He is, so am I. And then it says, perfect love cast out fear. Listen to this. For fear has torment. When you're living outside God's parameters, there's fear, there's torment, there's chaos. When we get in God's love, perfect love, cast out fear, because where fear is, is that person hasn't been made perfect and you haven't perfected in knowing God's love for you. So if there's a fearfulness and a timidness and an awkwardness towards God, then there needs to be a revelation of His love because that perfect love takes all that away and then you do this that scripture ends in saying i love him because he loved me first think about that god loved you first the bible says god commended his love and while we were yet sinners he still came and died There's a great release when you're dealing with yourself to realize he loved me first. Everybody look at me. He knows what he was getting. God knew what he was getting with me and he still wanted me. He still wanted me. He knows what he was getting with me and how I walked it out because he knows everything but he still wanted me and he still loves me. And I'm telling you what, if there's one greatest thing I've learned in the word of God is I'm finally convinced of his love for me. Finally convinced of it. Amen. Amen. You know what? We're short in crowd today. I don't have to impress anybody or do something spectacular or wind things up. I wanna say this. Er er Let's just everybody bow your heads a minute. I I wanna ask something. Did did this message speak to anybody in a strong way today? Can you lift up your hand? Nobody's, this really spoke to me in a really, really, really strong way. If it didn't, don't raise your hand. But if it did, say, man, this really spoke to me in a strong way today. Okay, here's my advice to you. If, if you raised your hand, I would just come up to the front and just, to me, just spend a little time thinking about it. Just come up, sit down on the floor, sit down in the front. You guys can sing a minute, and I'm not going to close. Carmen, you can come close the service um, at some point, but um, I just want you to come up. So go ahead and put, if you, if you, I just feel like you need to come and just spend time in prayer. So would you come?